1: Welcome back to Open the Voice Gate for June 23rd, 2020. We are members of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. You can find Open the Voice Gate on the Voices of Wrestling RSS feed or on our own dedicated RSS feed on all podcast platforms and applications. You can find us on Twitter at Open Voice Gate. I am one of your hosts, Iron Mike. It is your old pal, Iron Mike Spears. I'm joined as always by Case And Case, how's it going?
2: Well, I'm doing all right. All things considered, uh, the family is still healthy. I still have a roof over my head. It is just an unfortunate week that unfortunately for a lot of people uh, has it has only been the the next step in a long process of pain and trauma, and I think that is just awful.
1: Yeah, yeah, this is a step. Hopefully this could get all the victims the restorative justice and whatever they need and hopefully all the accusers will be dealt with as well as possible just off the top of the show as this is a dragon gate podcast we were missed not to there's not as much crossover as this is the dragon gate but we were missed if we didn't say that of course we stand with all the victims we believe victims on this show and we could only hope that better days are ahead and that the issues that the underlining societal and environmental issues within pro wrestling can be rooted out, that the victims can get whatever form of justice that they believe is appropriate, and that all the allegations are dealt with to the fairest thing to the victims. Well said, Mike, uh, the, the good news
2: in terms of the Dragon Gate universe, I guess if you are looking for good news in wrestling, is that we are now very close to having fans back in the stands in a limited capacity. We have a bunch of exciting looking matches on paper that we'll talk about today. And we had an exciting weekend of professional wrestling matches that took place once again in the empty arena, but inside the Dragon Gate ring over this past weekend, a bright spot in what has been a bleak six or seven days now.
1: Yeah, there's been... uh... Two batches of shows with two matches each over last weekend on June twentieth and twenty first. I'm just gonna run down the results first case, then we can get into the matches themselves if that's okay. Yeah, go for it. Alright, so on June twentieth they released a match that was Dragon Gate versus RED. Uh big Arshimizu defeating Dragon Daya in five minutes and six seconds with the shot putt slam. A Toriumon versus R.E.D. match where Ada and Diamante defeated. Uh, Nuruki Doi and Dragon Kid in 9 minutes and 35 seconds when Diamante penned Dragon Kid with the Vuelta Finale and then on the 21st on Sunday we had two matches. The first ones were t- it kind of is a Dragon Gate Army thing even though that Kento Kabuna has not officially announced as a member of it but he is a part of the- this next generation as he teamed with Binke to go against the RED team of Takashi Yoshida and Hio, where Hio got a Rare win on the rookie Kentokubune in just under 12 minutes with a front cradle after a low blow. And then in the big match, the capper of the weekend, Kaido Ishida had his third successful defense of the Open the Brave Gate Championship as he's defeated his year long adversary, uh, Dragon Gate Armies member Keisuke Okuda. Oh, Ishida won in 14 minutes 53 seconds with it. It was just a, a roll up after a whole bunch of RED interference in case. This, unlike past shows where it felt like they were doing matches, doing matches, my overall take on this weekend was that it does feel like that they've used at least this most recent weekend of tapings at Kobe Lapis Hall to build forward to when they start having shows in front of fans, in my opinion.
2: Well, if you remember, we talked about when Gate did their first empty arena show back in kind of mid to late March. That show was Fun. There was a life to that show and a sort of curiosity of like, oh, what are they going to do? How are they going to adapt to the situation that, you know, originally Dragon Gate came out as the front runners of empty arena wrestling. they were like, we they have this figured out. And then as time was going on with the ups and downs of King of Gate, uh, I think they got lost in the shuffle a little bit while as you know, a company like AEW has been rather consistent in their empty arena presentation. But now the end of the tunnel is in sight. We know that things are going to be happening in a semi-normalized capacity in the very near future. So having matches on this show, uh, they felt, you're exactly right, Mike, they felt much less random than they had for maybe the past two or three weeks. Like, these matches had purpose. And more importantly, now that there's light, light at the end of the tunnel... There's a little bit more life to this entire setup. I know that it's just not an endless string of tag matches in an empty arena. I know we're building towards stuff now. And although the the shows with fans will not be, in air quotes, normal, it is a step towards normalcy that I am ready for, that I am excited for. And I want to start with the final match of the weekend, the open, the Bravegate championship match, which Mike made me excited. Once again, as we've talked about on all of these empty arena shows, despite some bad matches, some things that maybe didn't land as high. I think the takeaway, at least for me through these shows has been, man, I am excited about the future of this company and Kaito Ishida versus Kaisuke Akuda. I tweeted about it when the match dropped. It is the one match since Dragon Gate went to this empty arena format where they've been uploading matches on the weekends that I watched as soon as it was uploaded. King of Gate stuff, I watched the next morning. The other tag matches, I could wait for an afternoon or an evening and sit down and watch those. Ashina versus Akuda. I sat down and watched that as close to live as I possibly could, and I came away delighted. At the output of this Open the Bravegate Championship match. But Mike, we have not talked about that match together. So I need to know what you thought of Kaito Ishida's third successful defense of the Open the Bravegate title.
1: Kaito is the guy. Kaito Ishida right? is someone who, over the last 18 months, has gone from being someone that showed promise, someone that was hamstrung with serious injuries, and someone that you could see glimpses of greatness in, but you were not certain that Kaido Ishida was going to be that guy. We are starting to see now that he is. And especially for someone who's only, I believe, 25 years of age, you, you can project him out. And that's something that you know I'm a big fan of, is projecting people out. Where What's their ceiling? What's their floor? Where do you see this person next year, five years, and ten years? And this kind of matchup is exactly what people should have been doing all along this company, should have been doing all along In the empty arena context, they made sure to have enough people at ringside being seconds. I mean, if we're going to be honest, did they need to for safety's sake? No, not at all, but it added to the ambiance. We had a finish that, I remember us talking last week, that I thought this could have gone to a no contest and the feud could continue. This was not a definitive loss against Kiyosuke Okuda. Kiyosuke Okuda probably can rationalize his way into another title shot along the same lines of the Kagatora versus the Takahiro Yamamura feud from a couple of years ago. I thought that the, from the opening bell this match where we had the flash knockout tease, when have you seen a flash knockout tease in a recent time in wrestling case? I, I don't know the last time I saw
2: it, which is ultimately the issue because this is, this is a spot that should be utilized more often. It is exciting. It grabbed my attention immediately And just given the way Dragon engages every once in a while, just throws everybody for a loop. I bought into the idea that Akuda could have beaten them in, in if not seven seconds, then in 90 seconds. And then Ashida battled back and we had a near 15 minute matchup that I thought was entertaining for the entire time. But you're, you're right on the money. The match started on such a high note. And then I thought it continued from there.
1: Yeah. And it was some of the, one of the big things I know bothered me case. I'm not positive uh for you but i i thought that at least in lapis all the crowd brawling has been very perfunctory and they did crowd brawling because that's something that happens when you're going against the heel unit this crowd brawling made sense they that a lot of effective leg work was started there and continued when they get back in the read and just like kaisuke kaisuke skuda did not go down like a punk it basically took everyone in red doing big moves to him and a powder throw for him to go out For, like, a 15-minute match, this was an all-action, not very much down period, and a focused time where uh, Ishida worked the knee. It played into the remainder of the match. Like, of course, he shook it out a little bit as he went along, but it just was tremendous stuff. I went four-flat on it, and it's easily the highlight of the empty arena era in Dragon Gate.
2: I went four-flat as well. I I am so glad that you liked this match as much as I did because I came away from it— One, in agreement, Kaito Ishida is the guy. I think, two, Kaisuke Akuda. I mean, he's been in the company for a year now, a little bit more, but when you factor in the empty arena setting, he's essentially spent a calendar year in the company now. Has been such a delightful addition that, you know, I I remember we were really excited when he came in on a semi-permanent basis because it was just something so different and we didn't really know what to expect. And the fact that he has delivered to such a high degree, but at least in my opinion, has not lost his originality and what makes him different from the roster is one, I think something that the rest of wrestling should take note of. And two, it's just been awesome to see him succeed. And Okuda selling in this match, the way he sold that knee. Oh my God, I thought it was great. Like, I am so happy with this match. I will say now, I think all four matches that were uploaded this past weekend are worth watching. This one I went four stars on as well. I think it is since they moved to Lapis Hall for their empty arena shows. It is the best match they've had. I still think the main event of their first empty arena show, the KZ Dragon Dia Maria versus Shimazu Ata Ishida Six Man, I think that was I, I, that is the best empty arena match there has been. Granted, I have not watched the New Japan Cup stuff yet, but to me, that match was was above four stars. I went four and a quarter on that. But yeah, I I love this, and I think if you look at the card that uh, will be released on June twenty seventh, we've got a tag match, and it's Kaisuke Akuda and Jason Lee versus Kaito Ishida and Yo. Well, Ishida beat Jason Lee uh, and defended the final or the the Brave Gate belt at Final Gate. There would be no reason for Jason Lee to get another shot at the title. So, despite the messy finish here. I think it is really just a chapter in this story that is being told of Ashita versus Akuda, And I think we are getting another singles match down
1: the line. And I can't wait for it because it's just there were like the one downside of this match was you could tell this was not the match. You could tell that, that this was a chapter along the way. And that all being said, incredible chapter along the way. Like you said, like it definitely built up on stuff. I think it, if they have the opportunity to over the next few weeks, especially as you as get from live crowds. They should get the flash knockout win over as hard as they can because that could be amazing as a possible finish because no one's doing that. Like, the closest person to anyone doing, like, a knockout thing was when uh, Brock Lesnar would would bum rush someone and just pin you after, like, ten suplexes in an F5.
2: Yes, who could forget the illustrious run of Suplex City? But yes, no, you're totally right, and there's an opportunity— and the eventual, what I will refer to as the eventual rematch, because I really do think it's coming, but there's now a chance for Okuda to bum rush Ashida again, and Ashida can counter it this time, he can be ready for it, and they can subvert that flash knockout scenario, which now, you know, I'm agenting matches in my head, which I shouldn't, <laughs> but I just love that idea on paper, because there is so much talent and so much chemistry between these two guys I don't know if Okuda ends his reign, if you, you know, take a look at the roster with the exception of Dragon Daya, who this week I remember that he's one third of the, the Triangle Gate champions, but no one immediately jumps out to me as a guy that could end Ashida's reign with the exception of of Okuda, but Mike, and I don't know if you know something uh, different than what I know. I don't know Okuda's contractual status with the company. I don't know if he's technically a freelance guy that just, you know, only works Dragon Gate. I don't know if he's locked up on a permanent basis. So there might be some hesitation there to give him a title just for pure ethical reasons. But, you know, if it's not Okuda, I don't know who it is. And for as much as I want to see Ishida move up the card, I also want to see what's left in the tank for this Brave Gate run. There's just there uh, this is the most exciting part of the company to me right now is this Brave Gate scene in the the 5 degrees of Ashita and everything that revolves around him. And again, it's not necessarily a fault of Eita that Kaito Ashita is as exciting as he is. But when you look at what will likely be the main event of Kobe world, and it's Naruki Doi versus Ata, in all seriousness, if that is positioned on the card as an Ishida versus Okuda rematch, the match I'm most looking forward to is Ashida versus Okuda. And that's not because Naruki Doi is in the main event. And I just, I don't know how to deal with that as a viewer that I'm so much more sucked in by this mid-card title run by a guy who is only 24 years old, turns 25 in December, and Kaito Ishida. But for me, he has been uh, the MVP of the empty arena wrestling scene as a whole. I think he's delightful. If you have not seen this match with Akuda, you must go watch it.
1: I did a second of investigation, not as far as I really could have. Keisuke Okuda has had 137 matches within Dragon Gate. and I think one match outside of Dragon Gate, but it was with Ultimo. He is not, to my, he is not, to my knowledge, signed a contract, but that could be one of those things where you're freelance, but you're not really freelance.
2: Well, and he could have signed a contract, and it just maybe wasn't announced for whatever reason. Sure. Because, yeah, I mean, did he work? Was it a show in Japan he worked with Ultimo, or was it a show in Mexico that he worked with Ultimo? I believe it was a show in Mexico. Yeah, all right. He again, since Dead or Alive last year, he has been full-time in Dragon Gate, and unless he's popping up on some freelance shows, or unless there's something major that I'm forgetting, he has been with Dragon Gate full-time, and like I said, he's been a welcome addition to the roster. So four flat on the Brave Gate match for me. I loved it, and I can't wait to see what comes next.
1: Yeah, no, it's going to be real exciting seeing that. Uh, the next match, that, like my next favorite match of this weekend, like you, I thought all three, all four of the matches were solid. There were some matches that held my interest a little bit more, but it makes sense why they would hold my interest a little bit more, especially with how I've been feeling about Ashida and Okuda and how I've been feeling about these two guys. The opening match of the weekend was Dragon Daya versus Big R Shimizu, And for a five-minute sprint case, that was a blast of a five-minute sprint sprint these two guys had amazing chemistry they uh dia sold his ass off for shimizu and this is the kind of win that for shimizu's overall storyline of not having a good 2020 and other people in red calling it out him having a definitive pin on the triangle gate champions i think is an important thing to note something to kind of see as it goes forward i really enjoyed this match i thought this was an absolute blast what were your thoughts on it
2: mike what if i told you that I liked this match, the Big R Dragon Dia match. I liked the match, but it wasn't my favorite match of the night. Would that surprise you?
1: I mean, given... Actually, you know what? Yes, I'm going to put my chips out here. Yes, given knowing your opinion of the Ada versus Dragon Kid feud, I'd be surprised if you liked that match more than this one, because I thought this match was that match of the June 20th edition of Rainbow Gate
2: not only my thoughts on the ada versus dragon kid feud but my thoughts on diamante as a whole (laughs) but mike i'm here to tell you the tag match between doi and dragon kid versus Ada and diamante was my favorite match on the 20th specifically
1: for diamante who i thought was awesome in that match Well, well you would hope that diamante would be a great base for dragon kid wouldn't you Yes. Uh, uh, God, I mean, if he's going to be used for something, he might as well be <laughs> used for that. But not only was he
2: a good base for DK, they did some what I thought was really like interesting and engaging mat work between Diamante and Dragon Kid. And I thought Doy and A to look good together, but I just came away. Maybe it was just the, the matter of expectations, and I came in with such low expectations for that tag match. But I thought that was like a three and a half star match. I really, really enjoyed it and thought it was, you know, one of those matches that if it happens on a quirk and uh, Okay, that's kind of a bummer. If that ha- happens on the second half of a Kobe Sambal Hall show, we're cooking at that point. Like, that was a really fun match, and given the participants involved, I just would have never thought that.
1: I guess, like, my thing about this match, and I think that your angle of Diamante exceeding expectations is entirely fair, I watched this match with the idea of, okay, Naruki Doi and Ada, that's what we're building to. What do they do to really build to that? And... It did not feel like that it further invested me in that feud. That being said, you're absolutely right. This was on a Kobe Sambo Hall show first match after intermission. This would be probably my favorite match that Kobe Sambo Hall show with how Kobe Sambo Hall shows usually are.
2: (laughs) It did contribute to your mental decay in 2019. I was getting a lot of late night slack messages from Mike Spears, him Pulling uh, his hair out, throwing off his Ebbsfield flannel baseball hat against the wall, going, you know, I just, I can't watch these sample hall shows anymore. But being
1: a, a completest pervert that he is, he would go through and watch all of those matches for whatever reason. Well, I wanted to, uh, it turned to a game for me where I count how many bumps uh, Gamma or Masada <laughs> Ishina would have, and,
0: and, and I'll
1: tell you there were some matches. or or I don't have to move to my second hand to to count how many punches on Gamma's punch card he had.
2: I was just looking at, I I found some old GIFs of 2017 Drangate shows a few days ago, and I was looking at, I think it's Kobe World of that year, because I I don't remember if Yoshino was back for Dead or Alive or not, but I know he was back for World, and there's a GIF I have of Yoshino doing a suicide dive through the ropes, and he does it onto Kagatora and... Kagatora protects Yoshino on this dive in a way that I have never seen anyone protect anything. No precious artifacts, nothing of value has been protected as much as Masato Yoshino's body was on this suicide dive where Kagatora absorbs the blow and then gently lets Yoshino fall on top of him and then casually like brushes Yoshino aside and it was, I, I mean, one, it was a testament to, like, oh my God, that's right. Draggate is actually incredibly safe for wrestling standards, and guys know what they're doing there, and they don't need a performance center uh, to do that. But also, like, you sometimes forget just how frail the body of Masato Yoshino is. So if he doesn't want to bump on a Kobe Sambo Hall show, brother, I do not blame him.
1: I mean, if I was someone whose who's bump card is only filled of bad soccer and touch football injuries. I wouldn't take a bump on the Kobe sound hall <laughs> show. So that's entirely fair, but I I'm glad that Diamante, I'll say, I'm glad Diamante is there because they need people who are ditch diggers. I know that's one of your favorite phrases, but they need someone also the base like you.
2: I, I do come from the vocabulary school of Joe Lanza. I believe I have adopted ditch diggers and the fact that the world needs them as
1: one of my catchphrases.
2: Thank you for noticing that Mike.
1: But, but I mean, like, having him here and having it in a way where you get someone like Dragon Kid where, sadly, with, like, the size of the most people in promotion, a lot of the flashy stuff that Dragon Kid would be able to pull off a lot easier in his 20s, he's going to need a little bit of someone to, there to catch him, catch him and having him there really helps as well. And it's going to be interesting. Like, we've talked about this match mostly. We've not talked at all about Narukitor or Ada.
0: In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. Rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each by going to arena club.com slash VOW net. Again, that's arena club.com slash VOW net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slap pack, $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arena club.com slash VOW net. Arena club.com slash VOW net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring The Voice of the Wrestling podcast network.
1: Any like thorough capacity. Am I wrong in thinking like they were the uh, people in the sidecar in this match?
2: You're not wrong. In it, it I hope it doesn't come across as contradictory. I can't think of the right word, but I contradictory to my statement about Ashita and Akuda outshining Doi and ata because in this match, in the tag match, it's just a completely different story. It's just that Diamante and Dragon Kid had really good chemistry and they became the focal point of the match. But if you look at the cards going forward, we are going to get a lot of Ata versus Doi in the future and they have time to heat that matchup. So for whatever reason, I don't look at that as a flaw or a fault of either man. I think that was just the happenstance of this particular match.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And then the only match we really haven't touched on was the uh, Benkei and Kabune versus Yoshida Hiyo match. And uh, this was this was a watchable match. I mean, the nice thing about these matches and how they've really put them up there is they don't really have a lot of dead time in it. But it was something where like, I was like watching this and I'm like, well, well Kenta Kabune, you have a test in front of you today. You are going to be going up against Akashi Yoshida and Hiyo. How are you going to do? And I can't wait for this going, you know what? He he equipped himself pretty well in this match.
2: <laughs> it is a little bit different than him debuting against Yamato and Casey. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow, this guy's really good. It's like, oh, well, hold on. Would we have been saying that had this been his debut match? But no, Kabuna held his own. I, I enjoyed him in this match. The more important thing to take away from this, Mike... What is Ben K. clocking in at right now when he steps up on the scale?
1: All right. So last time I have seen a scale update, he was at 115 kilograms, which is 253 pounds. My God. And as of the time of recording, probably has gained another five kilos since last time (laughs) that I saw this. He is a massive rock of a man i did find a great photo of i think it was actually on okuda's instagram by the way okuda great instagram to follow especially if you're someone who really likes streetwear and someone who's just he 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 lives his gimmick like just like having this all together i'm like yeah he's a hothead who wants to wear some Balenciaga. it rules but he has this photo of him up on twitter on instagram i don't know if you caught when i posted this where he has a uh, we're doing like neck exercise but the neck exercise is him having a 35 kilogram plate on a chain attached to like a some sort of like head contraption that's supposed to be working in his neck so he's not he's not skipping neck day and he does not look like he skips leg day either
2: no it's the fatal flaw of most humans not even professional wrestlers but the amount of times i have caught my friends at the gym skipping neck day i mean if i had a nickel for every time that happened you know, you wouldn't need your Everything Elite Patreon. I would just be paying <laughs> you out of pocket. But yes, when the show is posted, I will be sure to have that on the Open the Voice Gate Twitter is that picture of Ben K, uh, just working the heck out of his neck. Good for that man. But yeah, he is he is bigger than ever before, and I hope that it does not lead to a serious injury, but he is huge.
1: Yeah, uh, Ben K is big now, more so than usual. But this match, like... Benkei was huge. Kabune, you know, he he equipped himself well here. Uh, Takashi Yoshida, bless his heart, was having issue getting his tape off to do like a wrist tape spa, and I was like, oh dear, oh dear. Like it's kind of hard for me. Like I don't like to empathize him, but whenever like stuff like that happens for uh, Yoshida, I'm like, oh gosh, bless his heart. And then he was you.
2: Yeah, no, that's uh, that's. That's all there is on that match. I think it's the weakest match of the weekend, but also if you're going to sit down and watch the rest of these matches, you might as well throw it on there because you're getting Kentico Bune footage, which as of now, to me, is still labeled must watch. Now, if you look ahead on the calendar, June 27th and June 28th, you have two more sets of empty arena broadcast from Kobe Lapis Hall. And then if you look ahead a week after that, Limited capacity in Kyoto KBS Hall, Hopeful Gate 2020. Now, we will break down those cards in full next week, uh, but there is one thing I think just quickly because it, it won't take a lot of time before we break down the matches that are, are coming up this week. And there was something that jumped out to a lot of people uh, when the KBS Hall shows were announced. First of all, I think what should jump out at everybody is just how good the July 5th card looks but we'll talk about that more next week but mike there is an x listed in the main event of the july 4th show and in the semi main event of the july 5th show do you feel comfortable speculating on who x
1: might be mike i'm okay i'm comfortable speculating i i if i was able to put a bet on this i would throw all my money on this
2: yeah i am not a gambling man but but my friend i i might bet the house on this one
1: yeah, uh, so the two matches we're referring to are the main event the f- of July 4th. That will be Speed Muscle, Masato Yoshino, Naruki Doi, and X going up against Ada, Takashi Yoshida, and Hio, And then on the fifth, special tag team match. It's not listed as anything else. just a special tag team match of Dragon Kid and X versus Benkei and Jason Lee. And I'm just not going to even tease anymore. It, I would be positively stunned if it's not Shuji Kondo.
2: Yes, yeah. if it, if it's not Kondo, it becomes a news story. If it is Kondo, who we were tipped off a while ago that he was going to be in King of Gate this year, that was made public a few weeks ago and and confirmed for a larger audience that had there uh, been no pandemic or even just had King of Gate been able to run its normal schedule that Shuji Kondo would have been in the field. If you look at his cage match, first of all, he worked Dragon Gate earlier this year. He worked both the Toru reunion show as a part of the Italian Connection. Then he worked the February Cork and Hall show, which that just got uploaded, or I guess rather re-uploaded in English on the Dragon Gate network. And it does feel like a million years ago. But Yoshino and Shuji Kondo teamed together and defeated B.B. Hulk and Eita and Kai and Yamato. And a three-way tag team elimination match, which reading that out loud, Mike, could you imagine me telling you three or four years ago that Masato Yoshino and Shuji Kondo would team together (laughs) and would defeat the team of Kai and Yamato in a Dragon Gate ring? That sounds completely insane now, and it happened a few years ago. It just would have been absolutely insane, but... Kondo has not worked since the final Wrestle 1 show, and we've seen the Shotaro Ashino of the worlds and the sort of bigger players in Wrestle 1 pop up elsewhere. Uh, Kaz Hayashi has his promotion that is debuting in the fall. Wrestle 2
1: or Wrestle 2000, who knows? I
2: I have my own thoughts on Wrestle 2 slash Wrestle 2000 (laughs) that can be can be explained at a later date but oh my god i can't believe that promotion is going to exist i might
1: put this on the whiteboard that we will address this after labor day because i have my opinions about this as well
2: i think just judging from your tone i think we have the same opinion on it but we can talk about that later
1: but let that uh, flushing money down the toilet
2: <laughs> um but you know we we've had the the big wrestle one guys kind of land right Somewhere, with the exception of Shushi Kondo, and he was, you know, confirmed at this point to work for Dragon Gate in what would have been May and June. It has to be him. It's just happening a month later. And for him to be thrown into the mix, in what is seemingly, if he's put in these matches, I would assume it's at least on a semi full time basis that he'll be in the company. But, you know, Kondo and Speed Muscle versus Eita, Yoshido, and Yo, that sounds exciting but the next night of dragon kid and Kondo versus ben k and jason lee i mean that is pumping fresh blood into a promotion that is getting a fresh start that is the stuff that excites me that is just a fraction of the goodness on that july 5th kbs hall show card that we'll be discussing more next week but yeah shuji Kondo. Uh, Again, I would bet the house on it that he is X, so I'm excited to see him enter the fold, presumably.
1: Yeah, and if you need more, any more evidence for this, I will present my case to you. Uh, Who is Shuji Kondo's biggest rival in Dragon Gate history? That would be the man that he almost killed at Kobe World 2004. That would be Dragon Kid. And who was his pareja back in the day, and that turn was considered one of the bigger turns when he turned on him. I don't know what Pareja
2: means, but I'm assuming it means partner. And I'm assuming you're referring to Masato Yoshino,
1: who was also in Toriyama 2000 project, although they were terribly injured and came out later. Naruki toy. I, I was just going say, I think Naruki toy, but you actually stumped me with that one. <laughs> Naruki toy. <Doi>. Uh, yes. <laughs> also worth noting some other stuff that I think now we can, uh, just uh, peel back current a little bit. Uh, it seems that at least from things people we've talked to and the, the sources that we've trust that Shuji Kondo is someone that if he appears, expect him to be like an Ultimo like situation. I think it's fair to say, case yes. And he might be someone that be very good to have around Kobe because he was the person who ran the pro wrestling academy for Russell One. And say what you will about the complete lack of success for Russell One, they had a damn good wrestling school.
2: Yes, and, and the other thing is, you know, Kondo's 42 years yeah. old now and, and was a, a a big guy who took a lot of crazy bumps and has worked consistently, you know, since he debuted in, in 2001, 2002. There's a lot of matches on his resume, so he doesn't need to be anything more than that Ultimo-like guy that I'm sure at some point, you know, if he joins the Torrey Mon army he seems like a red herring, someone that can turn into an R.E.D. guy at some point. But him being in the fold, just for that. the fact, yes, just for the fact that, you know, again, he left Dragon Gate at the end of 2004. And despite, or I guess with the exception of what the Gaiora anniversary show in 2011, where he and Naruki Doy beat the living shit out of each other, and then his return to the company in 2019, which was... Shocking when it happened. I mean, his singles match versus Masaki Mojizuki in January of 2019, we thought that might be the peak of the Toriumon reunion they were doing that year. It just so happened that Ultimo came back in July, which we thought was impossible until, you know, we started hearing rumors of it, legitimate rumors of it. But Kondo was a guy that was exiled, didn't seem like he was welcome back, didn't really want to come back. But with the regime change that has now been in place for two years, it appears that Kondo is going to be able to return to the promotion that gave him his start. And that is very exciting because there's really two or three generations of guys that he's never really gotten to wrestle.
1: Yeah, just proposing this out here, like it's a bad shame and it's obvious why I feel like you wouldn't have Shuji Kondo make his big return in empty arena matches. I feel like that, that goes without saying, but just putting it out there. Here's some matches that singles matches that could happen that would be absolutely insane. Him versus Benkei insane him versus uh him versus big r shimizu insane him versus kz him versus dragon Daya. if this isn't getting your blood pumping and you're getting excited about Shuchi kondo's impending return to dragon gate i don't know what to tell you like he is one of the most exciting people i think like in dragon system history and he's one of the people in dragon gate dragon system history that has never been replicated as much as they try to replicate and to borrow a phrase from a friend of the show, he's family. And it only feels appropriate and it feels nice that family could come back home.
2: But that will have to wait as we do have another set of empty arena shows coming up this week. And I will run down the cards real quick. Mike, you can give any thoughts you have on them afterwards. June 27th from Kobe Lapis Hall, we'll get Kagatora versus Taketo Kamai. We'll get Kaisuke Yakuda and Jason Lee versus Kaito Ishida and Yo. And we'll get Ultimo Dragon, Genki Horiguchi, and Ryo Saito versus Yamato, KZ, and Strong Machine J. And then on the 28th of June, it'll be Noruki Doi and Genki Horiguchi versus KZ and Jimmy. Wonder who's taking the fall there. It'll be Yamato, Ut and Kota Minora versus Ata BB Hulk, and Big R Shimizu. And in the main event, more titles on the line. The open the Triangle Gate Championship match with Ben K, Strong Machine J, and Dragon Daya defending against the Toriumon Generation. Masato Yoshino, Don Fuji, and Yosushi Kanda. Mike, what jumps out to you on these shows?
1: Well, first off, uh, the Triangle Gate match was one that was made at the last empty arena, Kobe Samba Hall show. So, this is basically them clearing the decks. This is the last how match they had teased, so that will be interesting. I think it's interesting that, that Strong Machine J is someone that they don't often put in like consecutive shows, especially in this system. Like, he's not someone that they've had out all the time, having him... And two main events, even though for what what is a main event in an empty arena show, it's just another match. I think that's kind of interesting. I'm stoked to see UT versus Ada. I think that that will be really exciting on the 28th. Jimmy, I think it's good that he's getting more ring time in. And then we've kind of talked about that that tag match of Okuda and Lee versus Ishida and Hio a little bit before. But you know which match jumps out at me, guys? You know which match that I've not mentioned yet, but this is a match that... I am really interested to see how it goes, because I have no idea what it will be. And that's Kakator versus Takedo Kamai. What high... an on-brand Mike Spears match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if Kobune was involved, and it was like Kobune versus, I don't know, Susumi Okosuka, that would be an on-brand case low match.
2: <laughs>
1: I think I'm fair in saying that. I don't yeah, think i <laughs> no,
2: That sounds delightful now that you mention it.
1: <laughs> but Kakatora versus Takedo Kamai, I think it's going to be really interesting. Kamai, sadly, with like everything here... Uh both Kabune and Kamai and then the other young guys, madoka I'm blanking uh Kikuta and Inoue. Look at me remembering names for once. I know.
2: The Inoue one impressed me. I was scrambling to pull up that card in case you didn't remember
1: it, but <laughs> yeah. but you nailed it. But like since these two are the seniors of this current dojo class, you'd expect them to be getting more and more rain time about now. Like if this was a usual year, so they've missed out on that. So the fact that both of them have, will have been featured in consecutive weekends is pretty exciting to me, and I'm interested to see Ultimo Dragon versus versus KZ, something that I, I always find incredibly fascinating, and I'm stoked about that. Uh, what what calls out to you about this last weekend of Rainbow Gate?
2: Well, I agree the the Kagatora versus Kamai match sounds incredibly exciting. I think the other thing that jumps out to me is just that Triangle Gate match. I think. Given the results that we correctly predicted for this past weekend, where Shimizu beat Daya, and then Yo and Yoshida beat Benkei, and importantly, Kento Kabune, I think the Dragon Gate team of Benkei, Strong Machine J, and Dragon Daya, I think they easily retain, and we get, at some point, we get the Triangle Gate defense of Benkei, Strong Machine J, and Dragon Daya, Against Takashi Yoshida, Yo, and Big R Shimizu. I think that is coming down the line. If the Toriyama generation wins that match, I will be shocked. But these are these are fun-looking shows. There's a lot to like here. And then, you know, as we go ahead, you know, looking ahead, if you need even more excitement, you know, we have the two the the two shows this weekend, the two KBS show halls, the, the KBS Hall shows the next weekend. An Osaka Bodymaker Number 2 show on July 12th, a Cork and Hall show on July 15th, and a Kobe Sambo Hall show on July 19th, assuming everything goes well. Kobe World uh, has been postponed. I think that broke right after we finished recording last week, so we didn't get a chance to update it. But Kobe World will happen this year. It just won't happen at the end of July like it was scheduled. But we have shows coming up. We have shows with fans coming up. We have a direction in the company. And like I will continue to say until they prove me wrong, the future is bright in Dragon Gate, and I am so excited for what's to come.
1: Yeah, it's going to be real exciting. If you're speculating on crowd sizes, we'll get more into this next week. But I, until I hear it differently, I believe that all these venues, even though the ones in Kansai would have different restrictions than the ones that are in the greater Tokyo area, expect about one-third for the Kyoto osaka and uh, kobe simbo hall shows but yeah no there's a lot to look forward to i like that they found a way to kind of clear the deck with these title matches they had hanging over them and it's just like exciting and nothing's more exciting to me and it, i'm still reverberating it and just peeking on at the idea of shuji kondo back in dragon gate and i think that's gonna be real exciting and then i mean j- just like looking at this like they're top to bottom it will be a very interesting restart. Uh, I would put the the chances of, as you said, of the Torimon Gun team winning and defeating the Dragon Gate Army team at relatively low, but I wouldn't be surprised that they want to have like a gold watch reign of some, of some level on some tag team for Yoshino, but I don't see it happening with Don Fuji and Sh- and Yuzushi Konda. But it's an exciting thing, and I like how they went from like two matches over the weekend to four matches to six matches and say, hey guys, now over the next basically. Two two week, fifteen days. We're gonna have five shows.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's a busy schedule. I think for a lot of people, they've been, well, maybe not after this week, but for a long time, they were craving wrestling with crowds and just missing out on a lot of stuff. And and it's coming, and it's going to come quick with New Japan restarting, and Noah restarting, and Dragon Gate restarting. At least in Japan, things are happening now. And like I said, you know, it it won't be what we knew for the longest time, but it is the start of something new, which is very, very exciting.
1: Right. Yeah. I watched, and this is an aside, I watched one of the uh, stardom matches from last weekend that they had in front of a third capacity in Shinkiba. And other than like, the one noticeable thing other than like, oh, the crowd's more empty is it feels pretty much the same. There aren't crowd calls because they're telling people not to yell, but it's nice to have crowds back. And I'm really excited for that to be happening. We'll talk about that more this next week on the next week's episode. But case, unless you have anything else, I think we should we both have some some stuff to plug and then get out of here.
2: Indeed, Mike, we both did some
1: extra audio this week. You want to tell the folks what you did with the producer Andrew Rich? Absolutely. So it, two years in a row, Andrew Rich and uh, Andrew Rich has been very nice to ask me onto music than Matt. Last year, it was about just the overall Masters of the Dragon System theme collection. This year, we went back to the Masters and we had talked about themes such as Benkei, Cyber Kong, some of the... And then we talked about like two of the most important Gaijin in history, and Ricochet and Pac, their theme music they had. And then we talked about some of the rookies. I mean, we talked about Dragon Daya, and it was a really fun time, and talking about on period mythology cyber kong's theme and the rise of cyber kong and how he got into dragon gate and a whole lot more so check that out i have tweeted it a bunch but you could also find them on twitter at music of the mat and please give it a shot
2: now i host a music podcast and i haven't been on music of the mat and if you're asking if that hurts my hurts my feelings well yes of course it does um <laughs> have Why I else you myself... not bring it up? <laughs> have I branded myself as a not a theme song guy and someone that doesn't typically care about wrestling theme songs? Yes, I have. But that doesn't mean I shouldn't be on the show, Andrew Rich. I am available. But uh, if <laughs> if you want more of me for whatever reason, I did former co-host of Open the Voice Gate, John Carroll. I did their show, Wrestling Omakase, over this past weekend. We talked some Dragon Gate. We talked some Pro Wrestling Noah. And John made me watch a Keiji Muto versus Nobuhiko Takata match from 1996 that I did not enjoy. But our overall, very, very fun show. That is also on the Voices of Wrestling podcast feed. And you can follow that podcast on Twitter at WrestleOmakase and give my episode a listen because it was a very fun show to do. And then, as always, uh, we're on Twitter, at Open OpenVoiceGate on Twitter, for all of the breaking English news updates you need on Dragon Gate. We are more than happy to serve you as fans re-enter the arena sometime soon.
1: Yep, and I am at Fuchihaya, in case is that underscore and your case, as well on Twitter, if you want to further follow us as well. You you've got to talk about the, uh, the the Mochi Fuji appearance in New Japan, and that's something that's always been a match I found really interesting. So make sure yeah, you go check a, that a out. A
2: match that I just I'll say it now a match that had been sitting in my watch later playlist on YouTube for years <laughs> now. I think literally that match has been in my watch later playlist since 2017, and it's with Masaki Mochizuki, and it's Mochi Fuji against uh, uh, Jado and Gato. And I had just never seen this match. And then John Carroll asked me to come up with two wrestling matches that I wanted to talk about. And I panicked and gave him a match that I had never seen
1: before. And then it turned out that it was a delightful little match. I mean, given the time I had to expect, so I don't think I've watched that match. I think that's something that I'm going to watch after we're done recording and then listen to the episode as well. But that's going to do it here for this week's update of Open the Voice Gate. We'll be back with you next. next week with the update there and we'll take a deeper look into what they've now called hopeful gate as dragon gate starts to open up but until next time take care everyone